Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hello. Hi. Hey. My mic just fell off the table. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, okay. That All was right. funny. It keeps keeps I tipping can't over. Hear anything. Oh, because I don't have it plugged in. Probably be why. All right. Hello. Hi. Hey! Oh, hey! The fun of AP's mic falling over. I know, right? You missed all of that, Eric. <laughs> no! <laughs> Why? Uh, how's it going, AP? Great. It's going great. That's great. That's great? That's <laughs> convincing. Oh, boy. <laughs> but anyway... Anyway, Power Ranger. Yes! <laughs> Hello? Hey, how are you? Hey, Stephanie. Woo! Woo, Stephanie! Hey, guys. (laughs) We're all here. And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay, 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, episode 112, Ranger Nation Spotlight, Sapphire Steffi. Record on March 5th, 2018. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. Today's podcast is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a premium, free 30-day one-game-out trial, specifically for our listeners at GameflyOffer.com slash ranger command ph today we have a very special ranger nation spotlight we've been doing this for the past month now to make up for all the time that we didn't do one of these (laughs) (laughs) it's really in celebration of the 25th anniversary of the show because the fans are what make this franchise and we really want to focus on great members of ranger nation and all the work that they're doing. And so, our special Ranger Nation Spotlight today is with Stephanie from Sapphire Management. Stephanie is an appearance manager for some very cool Power Ranger actors. Welcome to Ranger Command, Steffi. Stephanie. Stephanie or, or Steffi? You can call me Stephanie, Steffi. Uh, just don't do this whole step on me from Full House. <laughs> <laughs> Classic show. <laughs> But before we talk about all of your stuff, AP wasn't on our roundtable. Stephanie, this is your first time on the show. A ton of things happened last month with Power Rangers. And I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. Because we've got Saban extending their contract with Nick. They've dumped Bandai. Hasbro is the new toy licensee. And then we got the Beast Morphers announcement. This is completely insane. Mm-hmm. So, AP, maybe some of your thoughts on all of this stuff. Okay, so I'm not cautiously optimistic, but I'm like super psyched mm-hmm. for all of this just because of all the new possibilities that come with all these changes. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a real 
big toy collector, but even I've noticed that the quality of the Bandai produced stuff has gone noticeably downhill in the past couple years. So changing that licensee, the toy licensee to Hasbro, Mm -hmm. that seems pretty uh, neat, especially with all the cool stuff that they're doing with the Marvel Legends line, I think it is. Yeah. Is that what that is? Okay, yeah. And then the Star Wars stuff. Those always look really nice when I see those on the shelves. So if they could do something like that with Power Rangers, that'd be really neat. I'm not quite sure what that would mean for the Legacy line or re-releasing Morphers that haven't been re-released yet. The whole renewing their contract with Nick, I honestly don't care too much about that. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it's great because that means the show is going to keep going for longer. Yeah. And that's just always nice. The whole Beast Morphers thing, I think y'all know my reaction to that. (laughs) 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 I'm like really excited for this because like everyone else, I thought it would never happen. You don't think that they're going to go backwards and adapt something? Nonetheless, uh, Go Busters because it's kind of so much different than the rest of it because yeah. just the tone of it and the suits and everything. Well, the fact that they called out the difference in the suits in the press release, it was oh, like, yeah. it was like, oh yeah, it's like all new leather suits, and you're like, oh wow, they're really embracing that. Oh yeah, and also just Go Busters is one of the few Sentai series I've actually watched. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. And it's just spy rangers and a freaking rabbit ranger. Oh my gosh, it's just so cool. And I love their gear. The gear's like super neat. The camera blaster and then the binoculars or the sword and then a wrist morpher. Like hopefully they use that again because we haven't had one of those in many years. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm just so excited. Yeah. And it, it was such a crazy throwback because it was like our second or third show. Oh, yeah. And when we found out that they were adapting Kiruger for Dino Charge, and we're like, oh, man, they skipped Go Busters. And we were all kind of like, oh, man. And now here we are four years later, and who knew? <laughs> No, I'm so excited. I said it 10 million times before, but just the tone of Go Busters and the footage and fight styles and everything, it's different. Like, it's noticeably yeah. different from other series. Just the possibilities with that alone, it's great, you know? Oh, yeah. I just wish I was uh, still in auditioning shape because uh, <laughs> then I'd be going out for this because that was like my plan years ago. I was called not really like super ranger fit, but I looked better than I do now. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, I was going to be the freaking rabbit ranger, and then that never happened, so. <laughs> you can live vicariously through the casting updates that I'm sure will happen. Oh, yeah, seriously. And if they wanted to offer me a voiceover role, I would not turn that down. Um, <laughs> actually get to use my acting training for once. Um, technically Shakespearean trained call me I'm available if they need a Shakespearean bunny voice actor then there you go (laughs) heck yes heck yes man (laughs) and Stephanie you're the mother of uh, three boys who are age appropriate for Power Rangers like the actual target demographic and I'm sure you have a completely different take on all of this news. Um, yeah, for the first time, it's kind of neat to be on the um, 
I don't want to say the inside, but to have the news and be able to tell them ahead of time uh, about beast morphers, I explained it to them and told them what to expect. And literally when I showed them the little gif or little video that they posted on online, my boys were like, whoa, that looks awesome. So that was really exciting for me to have them just be so excited about it and like literally not really know anything about it other than the title and the music that they, they had music with it, right? Like a little spiel as they were posting the little video on uh, Twitter. I showed them the Twitter video. Uh-huh. But yeah, so they were just like, whoa. I mean, they were totally stoked. So they're excited for it. Oh, that's so cool. And then Hasbro, after Bandai America, I don't know what you buy your boys, but just from a toy collector, I'm stunned that Hasbro is taking over the license. Yeah, I mean, I used to collect a lot of the toys. I'm not definitely, like AP said, I'm not a huge toy collector per se, but as a mom, I you know, this past year, when it came to like Samurai and Megaforce and Dino Charge, I mean, I felt like I never had money in my wallet because the kids were always wanting the Ranger keys or the cards or the, the little chargers. And so I felt like I was always spending money times three because you can't just buy one of something <laughs> with three kids. <laughs> so I was buying like triples of everything. So going from that, we haven't bought a lot of the Ninja Steel toys. I don't know if that also plays into the fact that we don't have cable anymore. So they're mm-hmm. kind of falling behind on watching the seasons. But I do know that like when it comes to the toys, I mean, they've always loved them. Hasbro, my boys really aren't into Transformers. I know Toku Chris is going to be like, you're a horrible mother. <laughs> <laughs> my boys they've never been into the whole transformers like we've watched the movies and stuff and my husband he loves the old 80s show so we've showed that to them but toy wise they've never been like wanting to collect the toys and stuff because it was always such a a huge power ranger presence in the house Mm -hmm. um but looking at the toys and the couple of times that the boys would get something for christmas or for birthday from a friend i remember about two three years ago they got this toy that you could like take apart a transformer toy that you could take apart and mix with other transformers. I thought that was really cool. So if they do something like that with the Ranger toys and like the Megazords, you know, the Buildazords that Bandai did, we didn't buy them just because they were really expensive. Again, I have to buy times three. Um, Same thing with the legacy line. As much as I love the legacy figures and I thought they were cool from an adult perspective, I I didn't put any money towards them because I'd have to buy three. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you mentioned that, uh, you know, they're behind on Ninja Steel, and that kind of segues perfectly into our first news item. Uh, Ninja Steel, the entire uh, series, the the first half of the the season, not Super Ninja Steel, uh, is coming to Netflix on March 15th. Yeah, super excited. I I actually told them about that today, and they're excited that they get to finish watching because we kind of went from what the first eight episodes that were on Netflix yep. to watching Super Ninja Steel on Nickelodeon's app. We have a Roku, so we've caught it on Nickelodeon's app. So they're excited to go back and kind of see like how the season ended and, and we're going to play catch up. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and then our next big piece of news, everything's going crazy with Boom Comics right now. The whole Shattered Grid coming up uh, later this month, and actually our next episode, we're going to do kind of like a Shattered Grid prelude that will release right before the first issue of Shattered Grid comes out. So 
we'll catch up our listeners on what's going on with all that. But at Emerald City Comic Con, which was this past weekend, Boom Comics announced the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Anniversary Special. So this is another collected volume similar to the annuals, which will have multiple stories and artists. And this is a standalone comic that will honor the first 25 years of Power Rangers and all of the teams that have inspired viewers around the world since August 28, 1993. Some quotes from Daphna Pleben, the editor of Boom Studios. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Anniversary Special is a love letter to the characters and teams that have deeply affected so many lives around the world. And then Brian Castantini, executive producer of Power Rangers, said, In addition to the show, we've been able to continue to create incredible, fresh experiences for fans, like this anniversary comic book special with amazing writers and the great team of Boom Studios to celebrate these aspirational yet relatable teen heroes who really inspire people. And it's written by Magdalene Visaggio uh, from Kim and Kim, DC Comics, Young Animals Upcoming Eternity Girl. I don't know what any of those are. Joe Quinanez from America and Howard the Duck. Cinna Grace, Iceman and Self-Obsessed. Marcus Togue, Guardians of the Galaxy, and DC's upcoming Justice League No Justice miniseries. And they're going to have some variant covers, as always. But, wow. I mean, they're pulling in, it seems like, some big heavy hitters for this. Yeah. I'm trying to catch up on, because I haven't read any of these, but I've seen nothing but good reactions from other people about the quality of the Boom Studios comics. So I'm, I'm trying to get as many as I can from, like, the library before all this Shattered Grid stuff comes out, just so I can, like, kind of know what's going on. I'm really excited for those. It seems super awesome. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing the whole Shattered Grid event play out and seeing where they're going to take the story and just what they have in store for the many different teams that have existed throughout the years. So I'm very excited to see what happens with that. Same here. I started reading the series. I read Zero... And I believe one and two, because we were living in Arizona, where I was really good friends with a comic book store owner. So it was our weekly thing. We'd go pick up the comics and stuff. But since we moved back to Florida in the middle of 2016, I've fallen significantly behind. So I'm hoping to buy the volume um, Mm -hmm. here soon for my son for his birthday. And then he and I will just read them together. And we'll, we'll try to play catch up as quickly as we can. Yeah, I've been buying them as they come out. This is the first time I've gotten huge in the comics for like maybe since 15 years ago. And Mm. really, Power Rangers got me back into going to my local comic book shop on a semi-every-other-week basis, especially with Go-Go Power Rangers that came out. And now I've been picking up other ones that aren't Power Rangers related. So really, Power Rangers really got me back into it. And I mean, I've got so many variant covers i think i've <laughs> i think i've, I've spent so, so much on on variant covers it's it's a little bit ridiculous so yeah i'm super jazzed about all of this and and the fact that this is just another like annual type thing on top of the one shots that they've already announced previously for this year so if anyone's doing the 25th anniversary right it's boom comics right now oh yeah And speaking of covers, just real quick, because you mentioned all the variant covers you have, they've been releasing all those previews 
of um, like upcoming covers for I think it's either the anniversary or the shattered grid. I'm not like 100% sure which one it is, but I really like those covers where it features all of the rangers of like one color. Yes. So yeah, like all of the blue rangers on one cover, all of the red rangers. I'm hoping they do one for each color ranger. Because that would be really nice. They are, because what they like to do in the comics, Uh at least for this series, is they like to do series of covers that span multiple issues. So they had like the action figure covers, which I've collected all of those for the main line. And I think these Color Ranger covers, because Shattered Grid is going to take place most of this year spanning you know eight or nine issues per series i think they got something like 25 issues that are eventually going to be part of the shattered grid wow including all the one shots the go go power rangers tie-in and the main storyline i counted it was like 25 different issues that are going to be tied to this thing. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. The fact that they've been planning all this, and it seems like for a while, and they have this whole big thing. So, yeah, AP, I have no doubt that as we find out more previews for upcoming issues i think they've done the whole color ranger cover line i hope so because i like really want to get maybe a print of the yellow ranger one because i think that'd be awesome that'd be really cool and hopefully kelsey is just like right center next to trina (laughs) (laughs) see i thought ap was gonna say she was excited for that light speed cover that's what i was expecting her to say Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily a cover. I think that's part of the the artist tribute that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're still, like, cover-worthy. But, yeah, they swap the green and the blue, and everyone's kind of like, why? Why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) So I, I really hope that someone caught that and was like, yeah, let's just switch the colors before we print it. <laughs> Hopefully. I've done that before. I've made a graphic and put it out on the on the web and then, you know, like an announcement graphic for a client. And then I'm like, oh, crud, I used the wrong logo. I did that for Dino Charge because I forgot that they had switched logos. So when I went to go Google the logo, I used the original one from like the original oh. promo and then I forgot they had switched. And so I had a fan point that out to me. So I had to redo it. oh my gosh so yeah this whole boom thing i think it's it's the best thing going on with power rangers right now yeah for sure and then speaking of we talked about some figures earlier gamestop is releasing legacy zeo pink and yellow i pre-ordered mine but that was before i knew that they pushed the release date back to (laughs) august 20th Yeah. People were thinking that it was coming out this month in March because you would assume that they're already manufactured because they were depicted on the backs of the figures for the other legacy figures. I hate their distribution. I'm so glad that Hasbro has the license (laughs) starting next year because this just seems like a complete mess. So, yeah, they pushed back the release date for like five months. It sucks. Good things come to those who wait? I don't know. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Hopefully they're just really good figures. And there's still no word on when Legacy Dino Thunder Yellow is releasing. 
So who knows? I have no idea. I assume never. That's just that would be wrong. <laughs> I don't know, Eric. That would be sad. I don't know either. <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> trying to be devil's advocate here. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. <laughs> Our last piece of news, we talked a little bit pre-show about uh, Legacy Wars. Well, Power Rangers Legacy Wars has been nominated for the International Mobile Gaming Award. This has been one of the most popular mobile games of 2017 and has been nominated for this award. Created by Enway, it's been a smash hit featuring more Power Rangers than we can even think of. I mean, it seems like every other week... They're announcing a new ranger, and I had no idea that they would ever do Cat Ranger from SPD, and yet here we are. Yeah. They're pulling rangers from the multiverse here. I love this game so much. They deserve all of the praise that they get and all of the awards, you know? Just what they're doing is fantastic. Yeah, I have my own little gripes about it, but overall, I'm still opening this game up daily and doing Mm -hmm. battles. Shout out, we have our own ranger command team so just look up ranger command and and join our little squadron what's the like the age range for that game is it more geared towards the adult fans or is it good for kids to play will they understand it that kind of thing oh i think this would be great for kids oh yeah there's no super violence or anything there's no blood so it's not like a mortal combat thing it's just rangers fighting each other with their signature moves from the show oh that's cool I wasn't worried about the blood or the violence. I just was wondering, like, the skill level. (laughs) Oh, skill level? I mean, it's a bit of a learning curve. It's more of, like, a timing thing. Like, you got to time the moves. It's basically, like, rock, paper, scissors, where one set of moves will cancel out another. So they make it pretty easy to understand. It's just the timing. And, I mean, I'm gaming forever, and I still get frustrated at this game sometimes. Oh, yeah. But they have a level system where they'll pit you up against people that should be in your similar skill level. Oh, okay. Yeah. The only thing I would worry about, like, from a parenting aspect is uh, the game does have in-app purchases, so don't let your kids spend, like, 50 bucks on shards. (laughs) And you're like, what? Parental controls. Put them on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I sunk some money in this game. <laughs> but that's me. I'm an adult. I can do whatever I want with my money. <laughs> it's a really good game for all skill levels and all ages, though. Just yeah. like cool. in general. It's fun. It's definitely fun. So now, our main topic why we're here. <laughs> Dun, dun, Indeed. Dun. dun, dun, dun. So this is our Ranger Nation spotlight on Sapphire Steffi, uh, Stephanie. And this is something I asked all the people that come on with the Ranger Nation spotlight. And apparently this was on Mike Jen's thoughts as well, because he tweeted, at what age did you become a Power Rangers fan? And what was it about Power Rangers that drew you in and made you become a fan? First off, I absolutely love Mike Jen. I kept seeing his questions come through and I was like, oh my gosh, stop asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I love him. Well, I was looking, I'm one of those fans that I know it's been around since 93, but I didn't necessarily know what day it started. I know I'm a bad fan. <laughs> so I was looking at the date 
earlier because I saw the question. And I turned 11 years old a week after the pilot aired. So I was one of those, I feel like I was an older fan starting out. And growing up, I had a, a single mother and she was she was fairly strict. I wasn't allowed to watch, you know, a lot of just random shows that maybe you might have watched uh, growing up and stuff. So Power Rangers was one of those that came on in a group of shows that she had already approved. And so I started watching it. And I think the fact that I was almost a preteen and it was set Mm -hmm. with high schoolers and what they go through with bullies and the friendships and dating and all that stuff. I think that's honestly why I was attracted to it. I don't know if I was necessarily instantly attracted to the fighting and the, the morphing and all stuff like for example, my boys, that's what attracted them. But for me, I think it was more the the dynamics of the friendships and stuff. Oh, cool. I'm kind of similar. I turned 11 a couple months before the show aired, but I never got the sense I felt like I was too old for it because everyone yeah. in my sixth grade class was like, oh my God, Power Rangers. And so I was like, oh, great. This is something I can talk to people about. <laughs> yeah, and I actually was, at that time where we lived, I was the only girl in the neighborhood. So that's kind of why I was exposed to it as well, was had all these boys in my neighborhood that we would go outside and play together and everything. So they were obviously talking about it and so forth. And so it was one of those things that just kind of became a constant in my mm-hmm. life. I, I knew that or whatever it was on, I was going to watch it. I think if I knew I was going to miss it, I would put in the ready for old tech, I would put in the VHS into the VCR <laughs> and set it to record. <laughs> Anyone younger than like 1990 probably doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> At some point I did get the clock to actually work. So it wasn't blinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I was kind of funny is it kind of leads into another thing that we can talk about later, but my bullies growing up funny is they actually looked like Austin and Walter and my bestest friends at that time were kind of the geeky people like Bulk and Skull. And so watching it sometimes, like when Bulk and Skull would get picked on or something bad would happen to them, I always remember feeling kind of conflicted because, like, obviously with the storyline, I would giggle about it. And then I'd be like, oh, but those, those, those look like my friends. I shouldn't be laughing about this. <laughs> It was a unique dynamic for me with that. And uh, I was obviously, I was very drawn to uh, Billy, to David Yost's character. And Mm. him and Kimberly were my two favorites. The fact that they seemed to be always the ones that were fighting the putties together (laughs) because of the like gymnastic skills that they both had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But earlier you mentioned dealing with bullies. So Amanda Devonis at adevonis09, she asked, how has Power Rangers changed your life for the better? Well, it changed my life for the better for the simple fact that I am here today because of Power Rangers. I've told this on social media a couple of times. It took me a long time. It wasn't until about five years ago that I actually started telling people. But, you know, like I said, I had a single mother and my mother had a rare disease called scleroderma which not a lot of people know about. It's a, it's an autoimmune disorder. So my mom was in and out of the ICU and the hospitals and stuff pretty frequently. And then dealing with bullies, I, I was bullied pretty much every day of my life from mm-hmm. kindergarten well into my high school career. So Power Rangers, like I said, were a constant. It was something I could look forward to. It was almost like a set of friends that I could hang out with every week and stuff. And so it was 1995. I was 12. 
and I was going through a really hard time. My mom had been in the ICU. Won't get emotional. My mom had been in the ICU for probably about a week at that point and uh, really thought we were going to lose her. And I had been bullied really bad that week at school as well on top of everything. I was on the bus and the boys were in the back. You know, they, they were what, probably like seven or eighth graders. I don't remember, but they were chucking pennies and they were using like rubber bands and stuff. And so I was getting flicked in the back of the head with them. And I got hit in the back of the head and it, you know, it cut the back of my neck and, and, you know, you're sitting there on the bus trying not to cry and stuff. And I remember going home and being like, you know what, that's it. I mean, there's just no reason to be here anymore. And so, uh, just, you know, not to put a whole bunch of details into all of that, but basically I was, I was getting ready to end my life and seconds before it would have been too late. One of my friends from school called to tell me that she had seen the trailer for the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger movie that was going to come out that year because it came out in what July of 95 I think it was yeah or like the end of June or something so it was uh it was in the springtime that she called and had seen the trailer and my mom you know because I was young I was 12 years old you know I didn't lock my door or anything like that it was just her and I and so she came barging into the bathroom to tell me that my friend was calling and she kind of just stopped there in her traps and saw me and was like, what are you doing? And I just started crying. And, and uh, that was kind of my experience. Had, mm. had that friend not called, I probably wouldn't be talking to you today. Wow. So it's, uh, yeah, so the, it changed my life for the better in the sense of the fact that it, uh, it saved my life. And, and I know I get emotional when fans come to the table and, and, and tell my Rangers mm-hmm. a similar story to mine because I get it and I respect it. And People go, oh, it's just a children's show. But when you're a child or even an adult, because I know I've had adult fans tell me that it's helped them recently, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's not something to be mocked at all. No, and no. I have kind of a similar thing. Like, I was bullied from kindergarten to high school, too. And, yeah, it, it, it's tough. And I'm so glad that you're here able to talk to us. So go Power Rangers, because... <laughs> But yeah, I get it when people say that oh, it's you know it's just a stupid kid show, and it's like you know what? For a lot of people, it's not. For a lot of exactly. people, this is a major part of their life, and mm-hmm. it's helped them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to talk about Sapphire Management, and we've got Mike Jen <laughs> again. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the moment that you decided you wanted to be an appearance agent? What drew you into it? Because I know it's like not everyone wakes up in the middle of the night and is like, oh man, I really want to manage people going to conventions and actors. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I actually never had that moment. I laughed when I saw that question because I didn't just one day wake up and go, you know, like you said, I, I didn't do that. Um, it was actually kind of a, an evolution of just steps that happened I got back into the fandom you know because like I said I was a preteen when Mighty Morphin I remember watching through the Alien Rangers and then life just kind of you know I kind of parted ways from the fandom like you know some people who grow you know grow out of it type thing and so I came back into the fandom in 2013 I think it was and so I just kind of progress started with I went to Pensacon I'll try to make this really long story short um I went to Pensacon which is in Pensacola Florida um in 2014 and went because David Yost and Walter Jones were going to be there and I wanted to go and meet David and uh meeting him was such a surreal experience for me putting that tangible of meeting somebody uh you know who essentially without knowing helped save my life um Mm -hmm. 
So on his banner, on the banner behind him, I remember seeing the logo for Twitter and for Instagram. And I was like, whoa, I don't know what those social media platforms are because I was just on Facebook, you know, and, and so I didn't know what those were. And uh, so I went on there and looked and I started following other Rangers because I was like, oh, look, David's following JDS and Amy Jo Johnson and all these people. And it just kind of kept going from there. And then I started following a lot of fandom pages and, mm-hmm. and fans and, and connecting and just really networking. And then um, that kind of led into doing the whole toy selling thing for me. I started thrift. I was always been a thrifter. And so I started, you know, hunting for toys and swapping with collectors and building my collection up and, and so forth. And then it kind of led into everyone's like, wow, she's on social media all the time. We should have her join our team. Do you remember a couple of years ago, everyone had a team and, you know, you'd, re- you'd repost or retweet the actors, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, tweets and stuff. Yeah. So I naturally got invited to be on a couple of those and I was loving it. I'm the type of person that if I like something, I want to digest everything. I just take it all in and, and look for more and search for more and stuff. So I got really involved in that. And when I was doing that, that's when I came across I saw this this girl who was involved in everything. I kept seeing her in a lot of Power Ranger photos. And I was like, who is this girl? And so I kind of, I joke with her now that I, I kind of stalked her in a sense. Like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was trying to see, like, I was trying to, like, figure out who she was. And, but I joke with her that I was stalking her. Uh, but that girl was Lainey Labans. And mm-hmm. I watched her. And so she has a YouTube channel. And she posts on it, you know, every now and then. And so she posted a video December 2015 about people I guess were asking her about like hey what's your involvement in the fandom who are you because people were like me they're like what are you why are you always in these photos like who are you and so she posted this video and I swear it was like watching it I was just breaking down into tears because her story was so similar to mine and mm. she was talking about how she found her niche and she found family through the fandom and everything like that. And so I wrote her that night. I sat down and I sent her an email. I was like, thank you for posting this. I don't feel like this crazy person. Uh, um, you know, your story's a lot like mine. And so she and I started chatting and we got close. And uh, I was living in Arizona and Phoenix at that time. And so Lainey mentioned to me, she was like, hey, I'm bringing six Power Rangers to a convention out there. Do you want to come and uh, meet them and you can come bring the, the kids and stuff? And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And then I saw her that she needed, um, she was looking for handlers for the show. And so I talked to my husband. I was like, hey, I kind of want to do this. And uh, he was like, yeah, go for it. And so I put in my application to handle for her. And in February 2015, I'm sorry, I meant to say December 2014 is when she posted that video. But February of 2015 was when the convention was. It was Amazing Arizona. And the six Rangers were uh, Danny Slavin, Sean mm-hmm. Johnson, Allison McGinnis, Ari Boyland, uh, Jeff Perrazzo, and Kevin Duhaney. So I was so excited. I was so nervous. I, I get nervous when I get ready to do new things because I'm always worried, like, oh, are people going to like me? You know, what's going to happen? Uh, you know, just stemming from all those years of being bullied and, and stuff. You know, you can't help it still, even though you're, you're over it. Your brain still goes, ooh, am I going to get rejected or bullied or whatever? Mm-hmm. But um, I got really excited, and I remember going onto eBay and Google, and trying to find toys <laughs> to give them for gifts. <laughs> and so I'm walking, I, I got each one of them something. And looking back, I think some of those things were actually kind of rare, which was really cool. Um, but I remember walking into the convention center with like six different bags. And the gift bags were color coordinated to which ranger they were. <laughs> yes, I'm that type of person. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I remember walking into the convention center with the bags on my arms and Lainey introducing herself and, and, and introducing me to everybody. And of course, everyone was so appreciative of the gifts and put me at ease right away. 
And Lainey was initially going to have me just kind of float, like get Starbucks and stuff. And she decided, you know what, why don't you sit down next to Ari Boylan? You'll be his handler. You'll take his money. You'll do that. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm doing this. And so the whole weekend I did that and really got to talk to him as a person. And I don't know, I fell in love. It was like, I literally found my home. I knew that's what I needed to be doing in a sense of being a handler. Like I was, I was all in. And so at the end of the weekend, Daniel and Lainey, who own I Don't Do Subtle Management, they're mm-hmm. like, hey, you're really great. We loved having you. Let's have you volunteer for us again in the future. And I said, okay, cool. So that was kind of it for a while. And then a couple months later in May, for free comic book day, like I said, I was friends with a comic book store owner in Glendale. And he and I were chit-chatting. I was like, well, I know these people who run a management company. You know, hey, do you want to get some Power Rangers to come out? Uh, and he was like, yeah, that's great. Let's try to to set something up. And the next thing I knew, I was on the phone with Steve Cardenas. And that was just crazy for me, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say a zealous fan because that makes it sound like a bad thing. But I was a newbie. So everything was just like overwhelming to me. Everything was Mm -hmm. so just brand new and shiny. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And so I remember sitting in my kid's bedroom with the door locked so that way I could have an adult conversation. And the whole time I'm talking to Steve Cardenas in the back of my head going, I'm talking to Rocky. I'm talking to Rocky. This is crazy. Like, it was just, it was pretty funny. (laughs) Yes, I'm letting you know how much of a geek I am. (laughs) But we got that settled. And so Steve Cardenas and Danny Slavin, because he's local to Phoenix, they were at this. And it was fantastic. We organized a, a, like, a little VIP dinner with the fans. And it just kind of solidified for me that I really enjoyed it. And so I remember calling the next day, talking to Lainey and telling her thank you for all of her help. Because, you know, I had asked her gosh, probably 5 million questions at that point on how to do this. And she was so helpful. And so I was telling her how successful it was and how much fun I had. And the next thing out of her mouth was, you know, Daniel and I have been talking. We want you to join and be our Power Rangers liaison. And my jaw just hit the floor. I was like, okay, what does that entail? (laughs) 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 Of course, I said yes before even knowing what the requirements of the job were. I was like, sure. Because that's kind of the person I am. I jump in with two feet and then go, wait, how do I swim? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so I started doing that. And uh, that was May of 2015. And Daniel and Lainey, I just, I can't give them so much, you know, more than enough credit for everything that they've taught me. They taught me all the ins and outs of the business and social media and graphic design. And it kind of just went from there. And so that's how I became an agent was because I, two people who were already in the business saw something in me that they felt had potential and they took a chance on me. And I think that's what the fandom does best is coming together and bringing people into the fold. So that's really cool. Yeah, it was lots of fun. I owe them a lot, a lot of gratitude and, and a lot of thanks. Well, Bob at Anime Redneck 96 said, what was your first experience as an agent like? So I took this question as like full in. You yeah. Know. So my very first time doing this agent thing by myself was it started out great and it ended awful and it was so awful not because of the clients not because of anything I had done but because I got my my very first time I got the first taste of dealing with shady people in the business and I was on my I was on my own and so I didn't have that I mean I I had them on backup you know I could call Daniel Laney on on backup but I was there in the city by myself and so That put me in a really awful position between taking care of the clients and taking care of the fans and everything. Mm -hmm. So 
was October of uh, 2015, I actually almost quit. I got home from that and I called Lainey and I was in tears and that because I'm the type of person I hate disappointing people and I hate letting people down. And so that first situation by myself, yeah, I almost quit. And that was when Lainey said, no, don't give up. Keep going. You're going to find these people in this business. Unfortunately, it's part of the business, but you'll learn to navigate those, you know, and look for red flags and so forth. Yeah, my first time as an agent on my own wasn't so great. (laughs) (laughs) So the drunk turtle at Corey LZ asks, what is the process of booking an appearance for a convention? Is it a long process or is it simple? That really depends on the show that I'm trying to book into and the client uh, because you have some clients who they're ready to go at a minute's notice and others who have to get their filming schedule checked out mm-hmm. or they have to make sure that they, you know, family commitments, that kind of thing. They have to check their commitments and stuff. And so it can be as long as my simplest one I've, I've got booked in a week and my most difficult one took about six months of negotiating to make it happen. And it just really, honestly, it depends. I was thinking about how best to answer this because I, I can't, you know, give too many specifics when it comes to the actual oh, sure. process that's yeah. involved. But it really, honestly, it just comes down to dealing with a lot of negotiating. You're trying to A, get what your clients want, but B, also work with promoters within their budgets and their limitations. And when you have a smart promoter, they'll tell you, you may ask for the world and they can tell you, I'm sorry, I can only offer this, this, and this. And so you have to be good at delegating between the two and making sure that both parties come away happy and agreed. Yeah, it definitely seems like you're quite the adept juggler because... (laughs) It seems like you'd have to juggle a lot of things simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, and when you get too many going at one time, it's like, wait, who am I talking about? Which one is this? So I, I have lots of post-it notes. <laughs> I have my cheat sheet. You know, I might remember Sean Johnson. He comes out of LAX. But on that day, I might be thinking he's coming from Toronto if I don't have my cheat sheet. So it really just depends uh, on how many people I'm juggling at once. Sean is awesome, by the way. He's great. Yes, he really is. <laughs> Although, wait, I'm not supposed to say that. I'm supposed to go, eh, he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> eh, he's all right. <laughs> oh, I had the best time teasing him about that. I was like, thanks for my glowing review, Sean. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> So Chris at Togu Chris, he wants to know how often do conventions contact you versus you contacting the conventions? Now it's getting to be a really good mix, especially as I have repeat promoters Mm -hmm. messaging me for the next year after we've done a show together. Initially, though, it was a lot of me reaching out, telling people who I was, telling people who I had. I probably sent the first year, 2016 and 27, even last year, since about 100 emails a week. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was because there's always new shows popping up and there's always, you find new shows in different countries. And so I was sending about 100 emails a week. And now I get about 50-50. I'm still sending out some, but I, like I said, I'm getting those repeat promoters coming back and saying, hey, let's work again this year. And so it's, it's nice. It's nice to have people coming to me for the bookings and not me having to always do all the legwork of finding and researching. So it's definitely getting maybe a little bit easier as time goes on. It is. It is. And luckily, I have a lot of really great agent friends who not only Power Ranger agents, uh, they're like with all, you know, mixed throughout the industry. 
who, when they hear of a promoter looking for rangers, you know, I've got them going, oh, well, go over here and talk to Stephanie. Or I have other promoters putting on groups on Facebook and stuff when people are looking for somebody. People are starting to drop my name a little bit more, which is so humbling. And I'm so grateful. Like I said, I wouldn't even be in this without uh, having that network of, of mm-hmm. support of people who believe in me and and know that I try to do my very best at everything. Mr. Mike at Mr. Mike Canada said, what's the weirdest question you've received when doing client bookings? <laughs> I sat here and I thought about this question so long. I literally, I don't know if I should feel offended that I haven't gotten a weird question uh, yet for, for booking. Um, so I had to really think, and well, I don't want to call it weird. It was just a unique and a fun thing. I had the promoter for Corpus Christi Comic Con last year approach me when booking the clients about doing a pizza party during the convention uh, for kids, which I thought was fantastic. And so that was kind of a unique uh, request during the contract stage. And it was fantastic. Steven Schuyler and Allison McGinnis did that show last year and did the pizza party, and it was a hit. And so they're going to, I think they're going to do it again this year. Oh, oh that's, that's very cool. Yeah. But do you ever contact a show and they go, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes. It's funny because I like to say like a couple years ago, I think, because Power Rangers were, wasn't in everything. It wasn't in comics. It wasn't in mm-hmm. video games. It wasn't as prominent as it is now. I did. I, I would hit promoters who would kind of go, oh, so you have Mighty Morphin. And I'm like, no, these are Power Rangers, but they're from other seasons. And some promoters were just kind of like, oh, well, no, I don't think it's it's going to work for us. And so I had to kind of explain that the fandom was there from multiple generations. And the fan, each show has their own group of fans. And then they all kind of cross over. And so, um, but yeah, I did have promoters who were kind of like, what? Power Rangers? Is that even worth booking? And luckily, I've made most of them believers. The ones that took a chance on me yeah. have, have become believers. They should all be believers. <laughs> <laughs> As I sound weird and cultish. Uh, so we'll move on into uh, clients. So, yeah, tell us who you represent in Power Rangers. And maybe other nerdy clients that you have that... I mean, we're in the Power Rangers fandom, but... I like video games, I like movies and, and TV shows, so Power Rangers, but also uh, other other clients that people might be interested in. Yeah, this is going to end badly. I'm going to leave somebody off, and then I'm going to feel like that horrible mother who's forgotten her child. <laughs> <laughs> For the complete list, you can visit my website. No, I'm just using it. Well, no, you can plug it like that if you want. <laughs> No, I know we can plug them at the end, but uh, no, it's fine. Actually, to to take the non-Power Ranger portion first, I just in the last couple of months have kind of branched out from Power Ranger solely as my Power Ranger friends have brought in other clients who are their friends from other genres. Uh, Some of those would be Will Young Lee. He is recently on Netflix's Altered Carbon. He plays Takeshi Kovacs. He plays kind of like a flashback version. If you watch the the show, you know uh, kind of the basis of the spirit of the person, like the consciousness of a person is, is downloaded and transferred between body sleep. Mm-hmm. And so Will plays one of the original uh, versions of this character and he's all throughout the, the series. It's fantastic. If you like sci-fi, if you like things like dark matter and the expanse and, and those type of things, it's along those lines. Fifth element, just really fantastic. So I have him. And then I also have Chris Casamasa 
who was Scorpion in the Mortal Kombat movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, he's a great guy. And uh, so I have him and let's see. And then I have uh, Stephanie Bennett, who most fans will know as Lydia Branwell from Shadowhunters. And so I'm bringing her to a couple of conventions this year. And then I'm like going down my brain. I have Steve Byers, who starred with Brandon J. McClendon, horror series called Slasher. It's absolutely incredible. It's on Netflix now, too, I believe. You can catch season oh. one. Yeah, and then he's also in Far Cry 5 as one of the main characters' voices that's coming out. I think it comes out this month, actually. Yes. Uh, it's a video game. So, and then I was lucky enough, Allison McGinnis and Sean Johnson went over to a convention in Scotland last year, and they introduced me to Paul Warren, who is a creature performer. So he's done the uh, performance of a couple of creatures in the recent Star Wars films. And he was also one of the he was one of the body doubles, I guess, for skinny Captain America. So yeah, he's kind of done a whole bunch. He's been in Guardians of the Galaxy and World War Z. So anything worth, you know, putting all that prosthetics and the makeup on and stuff, he's one of those people that does that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. He's coming to the US later this year. And so I'm excited for fans who definitely have been asking for that to get a chance to meet him. And I was like, see, as I'm going down my brain, I'm going, okay, Stephanie, pull up your website. (laughs) (laughs) I had it on backup, by the way. (laughs) Okay, good. Because, you know... Like, I, I love them all, but when you're trying to go on the list, your brain starts freezing up. But for the Power Rangers, I have people, most of the Lightspeed cast, most of the SPD cast, same thing with the RPM. Yeah, I mean, I love all these seasons that I've gotten a chance to work with. Um, they're all fantastic. So I've got, like I said, Lightspeed, SPD, RPM. I have Dan Southworth and Deborah Phillips from Time Force. And I have Alex Hartman and Steven Schuyler from Samurai and then Azim from Megaforce and most of the Dino Charge cast. And, oh, God, please don't let me have forgotten anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I think you covered everyone. (laughs) Yeah, there's a few people that I don't have listed on my website simply because uh, they're super busy. So they're not at the point where they can do conventions a lot. But if someone were to ask specifically for them, ask me if I could get them, then I would have them available in my pocket. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mike Jin, again, <laughs> as cheeky as he is, says, what is your client, Mike Jin's best features? I feel like this is payback from my question to Sean Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say his cat? <laughs> no, like I said earlier, Mike Jin, one of his best features, if we're not going to talk Obviously, physical. Physical, all of my clients. I mean, there's not a Power Ranger out there who doesn't look good. I mean, let's right. just be honest. They all look amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like they have the fountain of youth. It's really not fair. <laughs> but with Mike Jin, one thing I've appreciated with him, especially, is that he has this attitude where he takes this business seriously. And, you know, he's very committed. He's very loyal. But he has this attitude about him that if something goes wrong, it's not the end of the world for him. Like, he... Mm. It's such a team player and he keeps just, he brings joy to it. So I know if I have to give him bad news, just like actually probably most of my clients, they're very, he's very good about re- uh, receiving that and just going, you know what, stuff? I know you tried your hardest. Thank you so much for your efforts. Maybe next time, that type of thing. Yeah, and he's been really blowing up on social media lately, just being more interactive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, it's, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I teased him because he was really active last year for Lexington and then life got busy for him. And so I was kind of 
giving him a hard time about, hey, you know, you kind of disappeared there. Where are you? And so I'm excited that he's back and he's back with a full force. And I just, I sit back sometimes. His tweets just make me laugh so hard. (laughs) Now, we actually got an anonymous question at the very last minute. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm going to read it. So this anonymous question, is it true you have a tattoo of a coffee mug which says Carter Grayson is my hero? (laughs) (laughs) no but i need to get one (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i I knew there was something fishy going on when i got that text message today that's good to know (laughs) (laughs) oh that's fantastic i actually don't have any tattoos but you know i might have to seriously consider that one now (laughs) oh that's fantastic Sean direct messaged me out of the blue and he's like, I know I'm really cutting it close, but. (laughs) Oh my God. That's awesome. I love Sean. And and I got to tell you, he and I have uh, one of the bonds that brings us together is our love for coffee. So that's what's so fantastic about that. (laughs) The weekend that I worked that very first weekend with IDDS, Sean bought me a coffee like the second day, I think it was because he was going to make a coffee run. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need a cup of coffee, please. So he was, he brought it back to me and I was going to pay him back for it. And he refused my money. And I was so like touched by the fact that here was the, the celebrity not letting me pay for my own coffee. And I took a picture of the coffee and I remember posting it online and it came up in my time hop back in February, just a couple weeks ago. And I, I screenshot it and I sent it to Sean and I was like, Oh, look, it's the start of our friendship. (laughs) (laughs) He's super cool. I mean, I I can't say enough good things about Sean Johnson when when we got to interview him. Yeah, he's one of those top-notch guys, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And the feeling was absolutely mutual from him. I've heard so much good things about you guys um, and your interviews. So thank you for having him on. That was awesome. Yeah, we'd love to have him back on sometime. (laughs) Because he, he seems like he's getting really busy lately which is good Yeah, absolutely and and i can't give you any insights because when i asked myself i I was told (laughs) that he might have to kill me so i think i would like to stay alive for a little bit longer (laughs) (laughs) so our next question um is from chris at toku chris he said i understand some actors and actresses have multiple appearance agents why is that honestly i don't know i was thinking about this question i was like i really don't know how to answer because my guys I typically ask them to give me exclusivity Mm -hmm. um, to a certain effect because I feel like most of them have understood that I'm spending a lot of hours behind the scenes working towards these bookings. So I asked them to kind of give me first priority to make sure that I had a promoter, a couple of promoters actually tell me in the beginning that if they receive multiple pitches for the same person, that they typically won't book that person because they don't know which one to trust for that book. So, yeah. So I've kind of explained that to my guys. There are times where uh, maybe somebody has a friend who used to book them or who has a connection to a convention and they'll get uh, reached out to them by that person. And so most of the time that that happens, my guys are really great. They'll come to me and be like, Hey Steph, this person has an in for me at this convention. Do you, are you already talks with this person? Um, And if I'm not, then sometimes they'll just forward that person to me and go, Hey, here's my agent, please talk to her. And then we can get the booking going that way. Um, So I'm not like sitting here going, well, if I don't book it, you don't get to go. But typically that's the best way that's Mm -hmm. for us uh, to avoid them getting blacked out of shows 
by having other people pitch them as well. Yeah, I think I can see where Chris might be coming from with this because it, it seems like, and again, it might be the whole drama thing, whatever, but one year they might be represented by one person or someone's like promoting them more and then someone else has them kind of a thing. So I can see that in the last couple of years, why it might seem like there's multiple appearance agencies or people representing them. Yeah. And some do. I mean, there, there are people who do have multiples, but I know that like there's been a couple of times where I've been asked to take somebody on and I explain the things I just told you and they've been like, okay, cool. Well, if you hear anything for us, just let us know. And because they prefer to stay fluid and that's totally their prerogative. And I'm, right. you know, I'm supportive of that, but I do like that the people that have stuck with me over the years, you know, it's, it's me first. And then, and it's not me first as in like a, you know, a prideful thing. It's just that they, they put my bookings ahead of looking for other places and other people to get them to go. They, they kind of like basically letting me do my job, you know, instead of trying to, yeah. to let other people help. And then just, it, it makes a big mess. No, that makes sense. So Mr. Mike at Mr. Mike Canada says, do you believe that your client's personal beliefs match your own or is it a complete separation of personal versus business? I thought that was a really cool question. Uh, luckily, most of the people I work with, I've become really good friends with. And so we definitely have a lot of things in common. I don't feel like anybody I work with has a belief so far fetched from my own that I'm like, oh, I can't be seen with you type thing. Mm-hmm. I do know that the only thing that would make me not be able to separate business and personal is if a person I worked with had a horrible work ethic you know, came mm. to the con, didn't, didn't go to their show, didn't do their signings, you know, cause then that's not right, you know, for anybody, but personal beliefs and opinions and stuff like that. No, I get along with all of my clients and I, I don't think that anyone has some weird outlandish belief that I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Ranger Liz at Gokai Ranger. She asked, how hard is it managing different clients all over the U S to cons in other cities? It gets pretty interesting. Let me tell you, it's going to back to that whole having all these different balls that you're juggling at one time. Um, it does it does get really interesting at times. And I actually have clients now who are in the UK, Canada, and New Zealand. Uh, so it's not just <laughs> oh, the US wow. anymore. <laughs> so uh, the cheat sheets of everyone's airport codes and all that kind of stuff is always helpful. Um, and then when I'm unable to go to shows myself, having people such as Liz and a couple of people like Chrissy and Yvonne and Allison who help me as handlers in their local shows or can travel to it easier than I can get to. That's it's super helpful having those trusted people that know what I stand for and how I want to run my business. And, you know, mm-hmm. they'll go and, and do a great job for me. I just picture you have like a big worldwide map with all the strings and thumbtacks. <laughs> going <on. laughs> um, I don't, you know, it was funny is I actually was thinking about getting like this giant whiteboard and kind of doing that idea. So it, it definitely, I'm a visual person, which is also why the idea of being on a podcast was initially very unnerving for me. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to actually be able to see anybody. But then again, I don't know what AP looks like. So I wouldn't be able to see her. Anyway. <laughs> I'm a yellow ranger helmet. Don't you know that? <laughs> I love it. I just have to, I had to tease you about that. No, it's, it's cool. I totally understand. <laughs> But yeah, I have a planner that I kind of scratch everything in and, and stuff to keep everything organized and simple. But a majority of them are based out of L.A., so it does simplify that a bit. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris Yellow of KO35 at Mr. Yellow. 
He said any turf wars you can talk about without being too specific, like between different agencies or clients. <laughs> no, there's no turf wars. Everybody loves everybody. We all get along. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I'm really sarcastic. No, but in truth, you know, in business, you're always going to have somebody who, you know, not everyone's everybody's cup of tea. And the right. sooner you realize that in this business and you, you make clear boundaries for yourself that you stay within and you keep other people within, it really helps alleviate a lot of the stress. My biggest thing is I don't like getting involved in drama. I don't getting, don't like getting involved in he said, she said type of things. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, I've been able to be on the outer side looking in on some of those turf wars. Only personally have I ever had one occasion where uh, a promoter that I've worked with has said, hey, I just got an email from this other person listing some of your clients on that email. And then I've told my clients and just said, hey, this other person's pitching you. If you're working with them, great. Just let me know. So that way it doesn't confuse the promoters. And in the case of that situation, they weren't and they hadn't agreed to it. So then they personally reached out to that other person and said, please take me off your list. So I, I laughed when I saw that. I'm like, I'm not touching that one. I'm not getting involved in <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> but I keep myself in very clear boundaries. I'm not looking to step on yeah. anyone's toes. I, I don't yeah. look to poach people. Everyone who's come to me has come to me on their own accord. I've not like gone out going, oh, I'm going to snag this person or I'm going to snag this person. And I'm very supportive of my fellow agents. If somebody asks me, for example, if someone asks me for Mighty Morphin, I'm going to tell them, I'm sorry, I don't have that person, but this is the person who reps those people. This is their contact info. And I feel like it's getting to a point where some of those other agents are doing the same thing for me. And so it's kind of nice to have that respect and that mutual you yeah, know, for sure. Um, collaboration. Yeah. As long as people keep things professional, it's all good. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all want to do the same thing, I hope, is that we all want to bring these clients to the shows so the fans can have these amazing experiences with them. Mm-hmm. And that's really what should be the driving force here is the, the fan experience and all of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Next up, we have Chris again at Toby Chris <laughs> saying... <laughs> Without revealing too much detail, what is the most bizarre thing an actor or actress has requested in their contract for a show that you have seen? (laughs) Okay, so I'm actually going to be extremely specific because the situation is hilarious and turned out to be one of the highlights of my 2016. (laughs) So for Ranger Stop 2016, uh, Ari Boylan uh, was booked into that, and it wasn't really so much in the contract. It was in the time leading up to getting there. I had emailed Ari and said, hey, I'm local. I'm going to be driving down to the convention. Is there anything you want, snacks, food, anything I can get you that you can't fly with? And so a day or so went by, and I got the email back, and it was this long list of just of like hysterical demands. And I just, I just bust out laughing. <laughs> and Because I know he did it on purpose, and that's what was so fantastic about it. I wrote down some of the demands so I could tell you guys about a couple of them. So some of the demands for Ari Boylan for Ranger Stop 2016 was he needed to have a 1,000 blue M&Ms every single day. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> he wanted to have a helicopter uh, waiting for him at, at a moment's notice if he wanted to go somewhere. He needed, <laughs> he needed to have a pedestal at the table instead of a regular chair so that way he could sit up higher and, uh, you know, be on a pedestal. <laughs> he, required, 
He required one sacrificial lamb <laughs> and a tiny woman to walk on his back and give him a massage. Those were some of the, the highlights of the demand. Oh and what was so fantastic about this is I am very sarcastic and I am very much uh, a prankster. I love doing it. So unbeknowning to, to Ari, I put this plan into action. I went on to Eminem's website where you can custom order Eminem's. Oh and my I God. took his face and I stuck them on blue M&M. Oh. So I ordered him. It was three different bags. And it, uh, they don't think they had a, actually a thousand in them. But I had three bags of blue M&M's with Ari's face on them. <laughs> then I got a RC-controlled helicopter and brought it with me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I went to Walmart and bought a bar stool and spray-painted it silver. Like the RC and silver off the uniform. Um, I bought, he told me that the sacrificial lamb was a New Zealand thing. So I went on to eBay and I found a stuffed lamb that was made from, made in New Zealand. And I got that sent to me and I put a hello, my name is, and then I wrote sacrificial lamb on the sticker and stuck it to the stuffed animal. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I didn't accomplish was the tiny lady to the masseuse. But I had all of this on his table. So when he, I wish I would have taken a video of this. So when he walked into the convention the first day and saw this all on his table, I mean, he about hit the floor laughing. It was just <laughs> it was the greatest moment of my career. <laughs> oh my gosh, that, that is fantastic. That's like exactly how I wanted this story to go when I read this question. <laughs> Right. So now everyone knows if they give me weird demands, uh, I'm going to fulfill them. And it's going to be in a fun prank way, but I will do that. I will get it done. <laughs> so a little bit different question. Uh, Angelo Colby at Super Ranger asks, has there ever been anybody who you didn't enjoy working with spill all the tea, LOL, or keep them as the one who shall not be named, LOL? <laughs> Voldemort. (laughs) (laughs) You know, honestly, I have been really lucky and blessed. There is not anybody that I, that I've worked with that I wouldn't want to work with again, speaking from like a client perspective. uh, There are a few promoters who I I probably won't ever book with again, but no, overall, I mean, unless Ari gives me some more horribly ridiculous demands. No, not at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Steven Martinez at Steve Martinez 90 said, what's one of the hardest things you have had to deal with from being an agent so far? And he said, also keep up the great work. Oh, that's that's so nice of him to say. I think the hardest part for me, honestly, is just having things happen that disappoint the fans. So Mm -hmm. whether it's, uh, you know, the show getting canceled or the appearance getting canceled or something that happens, like, obviously, I can't, we can't please everybody, but I, I get very upset when something like that happens and I have to disappoint the fans um, because I know being on that, having been on that other side of the table, I know what it's like to, for example, get your kids excited. Oh, we're going to go meet this ranger. And then something happens and your kids are all been excited for a couple of weeks and, and then you cancel, you have to tell them that they canceled and, you know, you see the disappointment and, you know, no parent likes to, likes to disappoint your kids like that. Yeah. It's mostly things like that. I really hate it when situations beyond my control happen and mm-hmm. the fans get hurt or disappointed. Yeah, for sure. Patrick 35 underscore at Padilla underscore Pat said, what is the best part of your job? Again, it's the fans. Watching them come up 
to the tables and getting to see their expressions and whether it's they're so nervous they can't even talk or they start crying or they jump for joy. I mean, it's just, it's awesome to see them come up to the table and meet my clients and share their stories. I've heard some of the best stories sitting there next to my clients. And I feel honored to have been, you know, included in that moment that they're sharing with whichever ranger or person that they're, they're talking to. And the best part for me is when the kids come up because kids, they don't have filters. So they're (laughs) going to say things like, Whoa, you weren't my favorite ranger, but you were cool. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I've actually had like, there was this one kid that came up one time and was like, you know, you might not have been the best. I forget which color it was, but you, you were my favorite. And things like that are just, they're always so sweet to see the kids come up and, and make these type of comments and try to take them on. I've had a couple of little guys come up who have known karate and have been like, oh, I'm going to take on a power ranger. And luckily, I think it was Lexington with Dan Ewing. One of the kids came up and was like pretending like he was going to fight him. And so Dan played around and somehow ended up on the floor hurt you know, pretending to be hurt and stuff. And the kid was just laughing his head off. So moments <laughs> like that, I treasure. Like, I mean, because the kid was like, oh my gosh, I just picked out a Power Ranger. Moments like that really just, they fill my heart and they're what motivate me to have more situations like that happen. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, digging a little bit deeper into uh, conventions, uh, Steve Martinez again, uh, he asks, what's the craziest adventure that you've had with your guest or something that has happened at a con? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so this one, I, I had to really think because like I said, my, my guys are really good. So we always have fun. We always have fun going out to eat or, or experiencing whatever town we're in. Um, and I had to really think of like, what was the craziest. And so I had initially settled on the fact that in 2015, I ended up, we were, we went to a convention in Vegas and, uh, me and the Rangers and everyone else, we were at this like rooftop club. And so you're, we're at the top of one of the casinos and just stretching over, looking at the strip and all the lights and all the stuff that was going on. And for me, being a small town girl, that was just surreal to me to be sitting, you know, well, we couldn't sit. It was standing room only. We were standing on this balcony, looking down the strip in there. This was when I first got started. So I was still in that, oh my gosh, overwhelmed <laughs> feeling so that kind of really sticks out to me um and at the same convention we had this fan i was sitting at the table with allison mcginnis and alex hartman and this this guy he comes up he's probably in his 40s maybe 50s in a superman attire and he comes up and he's like looking at their pictures and he's going oh you guys are power rangers are you part of the 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 mighty morons and Allison and Alice's face, they were just dumbfounded. They were just kind of like, uh, how do we even respond? You know, because you, you have to be careful how do you respond to, to people yeah. like this. And I don't remember what I said, but I guess I kind of got a little, like, Allison says she remembers me just kind of sitting straight up in my chair and my face dropping and me just kind of saying something, like one little one-liner to him that just kind of shut him up and he turned around and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> what it was I said it wasn't anything rude it was just more of like there's no place for that here please go type thing and Mm -hmm. at that point Allison was just like oh my gosh I've never seen Steffi get so so forceful you've always just been so relaxed and timid and and uh yeah so that kind of sticks out but when I was talking to my he reminded me of something that I had uh pushed to the back of my brain because I didn't really want to remember it (laughs) we did a show in Daytona I think it was the end of 20. 15 or 2016 and we were out and about after the con and there was lots of different celebrities at this one place we were all having dinner 
and one of the celebrities wasn't my client or even a ranger was uh, quite a bit tipsy. And she starts walking towards me and Allison and she's like complimenting Allison's hair and she's complimenting me. And the next thing I know, she's, I hate this word, but this is what it's called. She was motorboating me. And I just oh. stood there going, what the heck is going on? <laughs> oh my God. Again, small town girl, never really been around <laughs> this kind of a scene type thing. I mean, we were at a seafood restaurant standing outside on the dock on the ocean. You know, never in my wildest dreams would I expect anything like that to happen. Um, and so, yeah, that probably takes the cake for the craziest thing that's happened to me at a convention. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. I guess what's, yeah. what uh, happens in Daytona stays in Daytona. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I very good on personal space, so that was, uh, that was a, a bit much for me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, (laughs) I almost didn't talk about it, but you know, my husband was like, "That deserves mentioning." That was kind of crazy. I'm like, "You think?" (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, Bob again at Anime Redneck '96. He said, "What has been your favorite city to visit during a convention?" You know, honestly, I would have to say it's a toss up between Lexington and then Mobile. Uh, I'm a Southern girl. I grew up in the Panhandle of Florida. So for me, I had been to Mobile, but usually it was just kind of passing through on the way to Texas. Um, So in October, when I went to QuestCon with Allison and Sean and Sasha Craig, we got to explore downtown Mobile and learn some of its history about how Mardi Gras kind of started there first before New Orleans really took off with it. So a lot of the architecture uh, out there looks like the French Quarter. So that was just really neat for me, just kind of being kind of in my own backyard and learning new things about the area. Um, but Lexington was awesome for me. I had never been to Kentucky before, never been to Lexington until this last year. And I know it's kind of, I didn't really probably see the true Lexington. I just kind of saw what was around the convention center, but I had a, I had a blast. As for what city I thought was fantastic for my clients to travel to, definitely Inverness, Scotland last year, mm. sending Allison and McInnes and, and Sean Johnson was a highlight. I didn't get to go with them on that trip. I had some commitments I couldn't uh, get away from. But seeing their photos and them doing the, they did a boat tour of Loch Ness and some of the castles. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just beautiful. Yeah, definitely hands down best city. But I've always loved Scotland, so I, I could also be biased. <laughs> <laughs> so next question comes from Vince Ariola at Bryce Packard. And he says, is there a particular country or area you'd love to visit for a convention that you haven't yet? Yeah, I would love to having now worked with so many people who have been down there and people who are from there, I would love to go to New Zealand. I would really love to, to see, you know, all the different sites from things like, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings and oh, yeah. all those different movies that are filmed in New Zealand, you know, it's, it's breathtaking. And then watching my clients' personal photos that they post on their, you know, their Instagrams or their Twitters or whatever, you know, when they go back over there, it always seems like a fantastic location. Yeah, I mean, you see some of the ranger actors that live in New Zealand, and it's like, oh yeah, I went to this beach, and it's like the most epic-looking beach that you've ever seen in your life, you know? (laughs) Absolutely, and then you have people like Kelson posting pictures of his steakhouse, and I'm like, I want to eat there. So, yeah, I definitely would love to go to New Zealand. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely want to, too, at some point. Plus, you know, Power Rangers being filmed there, that would be cool to see some 
filming locations yeah. or, or go just when they're like filming stuff and be like ooh yeah that's the nerdy part kind of closer to home i i would love to having seen some of the pictures again from my different clients who live in toronto i would love to go to toronto canada um or even on the opposite coast go to seattle i've never been to either place but they just look beautiful uh when you see the convention posts from those places they look amazing oh yeah for sure Moving on from conventions and moving into a bit with family, I'm not asking personal details or anything like that, but <laughs> how hard is it to balance everything that you do as an appearance agent with family and work life? Again, we you know we talked about juggling stuff. I mean, having a, a whole family must be adding like a whole another layer of craziness to the whole thing. <laughs> um, absolutely, but in the best type of way. I, I mean, family is always going to come first in this, but I'm very blessed. I, I do have three sons. Uh, my eldest will be 11 in about a week, which is I'm in denial that I'm old enough to have an 11 year old. <laughs> that just seems really crazy to me that I'm going to have almost, a, oh, he'll be a preteen. You know, I'm getting to that stage. I'm like, no, this is this gone too fast. Um, but I also, so I have an 11 year old and uh, I have an eight year old and a five year old, all three boys. And on top of just being a mom, I also homeschool them. So I'm mom and teacher. They absolutely love it. They ask every year to stay uh, homeschooled. And so we give, them, we give them that choice every year. Do you want to go to public school? Do you want to go to private school? Do you want to stay home? They absolutely enjoy being homeschooled. So we do that. And my eldest has Tourette. So that adds in um, mm -hmm. some challenges to the whole parenting and homeschooling as well, which is also another reason why it's it's good for him to be home. His neurologist doesn't think that he needs to be put on any specific medications just yet. So in order to be in a public school setting, he would probably have to be medicated to some degree sure. to not be a distraction to other students. So being able to be homeschooled, he can work through those. If he's having a really bad vocal tick, we can work through that as we're doing his schoolwork. And then I'm a wife. I've been married. We'll be married for 14 years this June. And my husband, he's so supportive. He's been supportive on this whole crazy ride from the beginning. You know, what started out as, <laughs> hey, I'm going to volunteer for a weekend, kind of turned into a business. Um, and he's so supportive. He, he is very quiet and shy. He's the total opposite of me. We're kind of like the racehorse and the ox that are tied to a yoke together. I'm constantly tugging him forward and he's constantly <laughs> kind of pulling me back gently type thing. <laughs> um, and like I said, he's always been great and supportive. When he had his he just switched careers last year, and in his previous careers, it was a little bit easier to do the business for me um, in the traveling sense of it because he worked four days on, three days off, and so we could always work his three days to kind of work around the three days of a convention, but now he's working five, the normal nine to five, five days a week type thing, so it's not quite so easy, so that's why it's coming in, going back to having handlers in different parts of the United States, mm -hmm. like having, you know, Liz of... Ranger, you know, Gokai Ranger, having her help me in St. Louis a couple of times was so fantastic because that took the pressure of me trying to juggle someone watching my kids and then my husband not being able to take off work and, and yeah. stuff. So it, it definitely asked my husband the question. I was like, babe, what do you think about this question? He goes, hard. <laughs> <laughs> hard, but worth it. Hard, but worth it. I mean, every time I've gotten to the point where I thought, I was going to walk away and maybe I was done and, and just go back to just being just what I was before. He's always been that person that's going, no, you're not going to want that. You know, that's not what you want. Just take a breather, take a break and refocus your priorities and, and figure out how you can make it work. Mm -hmm. 
So he's been fantastic with that. My kids are really great. They're very supportive, of course. They've told their friends that I'm so cool because I know Power Rangers. (laughs) 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 That's always the fun thing. Like, we'll go to a homeschool. We we belong to a homeschool group that has about 400 families. So we're always doing field trips and holiday parties and park days and stuff. And so there's been a couple of times where I've had a kid randomly come up to me and go, you work with Power Rangers? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And then that's how I know my kids are talking about me today. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question comes from Luke Urely at Undead Number 9. And he said, when did you first introduce your boys to Power Rangers? I'm horrible. I'm one of those fans that I love every season, but I can't tell you what year it aired or what their, the name of the Megazords were. <laughs> I'm that kind of fan. <laughs> <laughs> so I just know, I think it, I want to say it was 2012 when Netflix started putting all of the seasons on their, on their lineup. Yep. I, I could be wrong. It could have been earlier. Okay. So it would have been 2012 is when I first introduced them. So I would have only had the two at that time. Gabe would have been approximately five. And so started out with Mighty Morphin, obviously, because that's what I had known. I actually, it wasn't until we were actually walking down the aisle of the toy aisle at Walmart one day when we saw Power Rangers. It was when they had re-released the Mighty Morphin toys. Oh, yeah. So that would have been, what, 2009, 2010? Yes. Yeah. So I remember going down toy aisle with my kids then and going, oh, wow, okay, so they brought back out Power Rangers. That's cool. And going home and showing them the movie, uh, because I still had the movie on VHS. (laughs) (laughs) So we we watched that, and uh, but I didn't really give it too much thought until Samurai came out. And then they started watching Samurai on Nickelodeon when it was coming out, and then Netflix is when it really took off with them. And we watched, this is going to sound horrible, but only a couple episodes a day. But when you do a couple episodes every single day, man, you move through those seasons really fast. And I want to say we watched from Mighty Morphin all the way through to, I know I held off on RPM initially for a little while because they were kind of young. I I felt like just reading the description, I thought it was going to be too intense for them at that time. Now it's one of their favorite seasons. So we watched all that in just a couple of months. Oh my gosh. They're like me. They just di- they digested it. And that started the whole thing of me going on eBay and looking for um, like Power Ranger costumes and stuff. And so we have this massive collection uh, spanning all of the different seasons. And one of their favorites, the last two got to wear it, was the Red Light Speed Ranger Halloween costume. And so <laughs> I remember showing that to Sean when, we, when I first met him. And he was just like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. It's so adorable. And they were so thrilled like that he liked it. So I, I remember telling them, hey, this guy liked your picture. You know, the Red Ranger liked your picture. And their little <laughs> eyes were just open up so wide and just like, whoa. I mean, it's, it's just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I blow their mind all the time with something. And, and it's gotten to the point where, like, my older one, he, he gets now when I say, if I say, oh, well, mommy just got off the phone with Allison or something, that they instantly know, oh, that's pink light speed. So they've gotten to the point now where they realize that the characters are not, uh, you know, they, they have, they're real human beings. But it didn't take the magic away from them, which I thought was great because I was worried that I was going to ruin it with, for them with all these behind the scenes stuff. But it's just made them like the, like the guys even more. Oh, that, that is so cool to hear. Yeah. So sometimes older fans forget that the show is made for a younger audience. How do your boys like the show? Do they mind the juvenile humor? Are they okay with it? And then what are their favorite seasons? Um, well, like I said earlier, we've kind of been behind on Ninja Steel, but what we've watched uh, recently with the newer season that just started you know, airing on, on Nickelodeon, we can catch it on the app. They like it. 
there's been a couple of times where I think it was like the fart joke or whatever that they just kind of cracked up, but then they looked at me like waiting to see what my reaction was to it. <laughs> I'm like, why are you guys looking at me? Just, just watch the show. <laughs> um, from what I can tell, when we sit and watch it together, I mean, they, they giggle, they laugh, they enjoy it. Their favorite season, though, that really, honestly, I think it kind of, it's kind of changed. Uh, when we first started out, I think their favorite season was Jungle Fury. Like, they really liked the pizza. Like, that was what attracted <laughs> them to the season was the pizza. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Megaforce and Dinocharge, both, you know, coming one after another, they were just like I said earlier, was talking about the toys. It was all about the cards and the keys and the dino chargers. And they just loved having seen all the seasons on Netflix. They loved Super Mega Force having all the different flashbacks throughout the season, like having the past rangers, mm -hmm. you know, come into the episodes. I remember like the episode that has Jason, I forgot his last name. He was the Red Jungle Fury. Jason Smith. Right? Yes. Yes. When he came into that one episode, because that used to, that was their favorite season for a long time. I mean, they, that was like their minds. I could just physically see their minds just alone when that episode came on. <laughs> so things like that really just stuck with them. And then obviously having, I want to say if I'm getting my dates correct, we met Allison and Sean either before the Legendary War or right afterwards. And so that was very surreal for them too to have either have that experience before or after and realizing that they saw them on TV. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so great to hear. They really like it. Ah, that's so awesome. So now we have a couple just uh, random questions that kind of end everything off. And Edward Sanchez at Edward is the Man, what is your favorite season of Power Rangers? Oh, my goodness. This one's hard. It's like that whole... I can't tell you which child is my favorite. <laughs> There's that rule. If I take it back to before becoming an agent, before working with the, you know, because working with the people has influenced the way I view their characters now and all that stuff. Going back to when originally watching the series through with my kids on Netflix, I was really drawn to the, sh the shows like SPD and Jungle Fury, mm -hmm. RPM, and Lightspeed. So it's just kind of funny that now I'm working with some of those people from those series. But I like them all. I mean, I was even that person who later on, you know, I've talked to people like I actually even still found some redemptive qualities in Operation Overdrive. So I'm not like really harsh on the series, but I think because I also look at them through the eyes of my kids. Yeah. So I'm not quite so yeah. harsh on the seasons. And then who is your favorite Power Ranger, either character wise or even actor wise? Well, if we're going to go after, I, I kind of have to at this point say Sean, right? Because right. I'm putting a tattoo of a coffee mug on me. <laughs> no, going based off of just character-wise, I mean, I have to take it back to a personal experience for me. Um, it will always be Billy for David Yost, mm -hmm. what that character meant to me. And just what he went through, like, as character-wise, what he went through and how it just related to me. And then since meeting David Yost a couple of times, you know, it's always been a pleasure I remember when, after, like I said, after I first met him, it was such a tangible experience for me to, like, meet someone who, you know, essentially saved my life. I remember going home from Pensacon and kind of crying in the car, and my husband's like, why are you crying? Are you okay? And it was just, like, intense emotions of just reliving what could have happened had it not been for that. And so I remember going home and writing David this entire long email about what meeting him meant to me and everything, and then I sent it, and instantly I had, like, this 
regret of going, oh my gosh, I probably sound like this crazy woman. (laughs) (laughs) Having sent this really long email to, you know, his like fan page or whatever. And so a couple years later, I ran into him at Dragon Con and I went up to the table because it was my birthday weekend. I was like, oh, I'm going to get a picture with David. I'm so excited. I go up to the table and I start talking to his business partner from Affirmative Clothing Company. And we're chit-chatting. And, and so Chris, his business partner, recognized me from social media. He's like, oh, hey, it's nice to finally meet you. And so we start talking. And while we're talking, David was in the process of unpacking his stuff onto the table. So he kind of had his back turned a little bit towards me. And, uh, and I said, yeah, I'm really excited to, to be here. You know, I, I was working with IDDS at the time. And I said, yeah, I'm over here at this other table. I just want to come by and see you guys and say, hey. And I said, but I'm not sure David really wants to see me because I'm kind of that crazy lady who sent him this really long email, you know, making a joke about myself. And at that point, he turned around. He stood up. He goes, Sapphire Steffi. And he throws his arms open oh. and comes walking around the table and gives oh. me this gigantic hug. And I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. He understood what I was trying to tell him. <laughs> so... From that moment on, he was, he'll was he be solidified in my heart as my favorite. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah, he's a really great guy. But if I have to, you know, like I said, if going back to, to actors and stuff, honestly, I couldn't pick just one based off of their, their person. Oh, I have sure. so many of them that are just, they mean different things to me. And I know it's like I'm working for them or whatever, but they have no, I try to tell them, but they have no clue what working with them has truly meant to me mm-hmm. and to my life. And mm-hmm. everything that they've changed about me in the last three and four years, I'm grateful to them. I've, I've, I've matured. I've come to know myself better and to raise the bar for myself in, in certain situations, you know. And, and so I will be forever grateful for this opportunity. So Chris at Toku Chris says, can you arrange it so that at Power Morphicon, every time someone says, what time is it, hoping to elicit an it's Morphin time cry, instead have Mike Jin cry out louder than everyone else, it's boom time. And he says, I'm sure it's not too late to add to the contract. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know what? It would not even need to be in the contract. I, I think Mike actually tweeted yeah, he did. Re- response to it. He doesn't need a contract for that. You seriously, you tell Mike Jin something exciting and, and fun like that, he is down. You don't have to ask him a second time. <laughs> 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 so, I can guarantee you that that will happen at Paramorphicon. He will not forget, and he will make it, even if it's him nudging me going, Stephanie, ask what time it is. Stephanie, ask what time it is. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so cool. Stephanie, this has been awesome having you on. Thank you so much. It's been it's been a blast. I'm, I know I was super nervous, and I messaged you a couple of times. So I was just <laughs> like, I don't know if I can actually do this, but thank you and AP for initially when I turned it down, and you were like, hey, I'm always a hot mess. Please do it. You'll be great. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> So for listeners who want to reach out to you or maybe any convention organizers that happen to listen to our podcast, where can people find you online? Okay, so my website is sapphiremanagement.net. And then if a promoter wanted to email me, there's a contact form on the website. Otherwise, uh, you can contact me at stephanie at sapphiremanagement.net. And then online on Facebook, you just search Sapphire Management. I don't know what the little like individual URL handle is for that one. And then Twitter is Sapphire underscore MGMT. And then Instagram is just Sapphire Management. So that is the business side of me. And then personal side, Instagram, I'm Sapphire Steffi 82, which everyone always asks me why I have that name. And um, 
I was born in September, so I've always loved my birthstone, which is a sapphire. Um, and then I'm, I was born in 82. So when I first got on social media, I didn't know you were supposed to make this really cool name. <laughs> so you know what? I just thought <laughs> I would remember. And <laughs> I went over to make Twitter, and Twitter wouldn't let me have that extra number. So that's why Twitter is Sapphire Steffi 5, because there's five of us in my family. So really, you know, really inspired Twitter handle. <laughs> um, but if it wasn't for doing those Twitter handles like that, when I met Danny Slavin, he's the one who's credited for calling me Sapphire. He started the nickname of actually calling me Sapphire. And now a lot of my clients actually will call me Sapphire. It's like a term of endearment. And so when I got to the point of IDDS going, hey, when I brought the idea of, of branching out and focusing more on Power Rangers, they were totally for it and, and felt I was ready and supported me. They're like, well, do you have a name? And it was at that point that I was like, you know, it needs to be Sapphire Management. And so I actually told Danny when I made the company, I said, hey, by the way, you inspired my company name. And he was really touched. And so, yeah, so that's how Sapphire Management even became my the company name. And I must say, what a fantastic logo that you have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You, don't, you know uh, don't break your arm there, Eric. <laughs> to charge me for that <laughs> i have to say i i truly appreciate it no I've you're welcome there for a long time i can do graphic design but i'm not someone who can i can't draw to save my life type thing so i i had this vision in my head and i kept trying and trying to get it out and i was either having to use copyrighted images to like get like the lightning bolt i wanted or or whatnot. And so I was like, well, obviously that can't fly. And so you seriously, I appreciate you working with me. And I think we did like what, two or three drafts before I was like, yes, that's it. But it's been amazing. So thank you. Yeah. You're more than welcome. I just, (laughs) I just had to do like one of those. (laughs) It's all good. I mean, I asked that about Sean Johnson. So I should have, once again, I should have gone. "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. Well, again, this has been an absolute blast, and I'm glad that you've hopefully had a good time, and we're not all horrible, and (laughs) it's fine. No no reason to be nervous. (laughs) I just wish Zach wouldn't have talked so much. I mean, gosh, he talked so much. I know. I I can't stop myself. (laughs) Thank you guys for letting me talk your ear off. I appreciate it. And thank you for supporting my business and my clients. And, you know, it it all comes down. It's about them. It's not really about me Mm -hmm. per se, but it's about them. And I appreciate you guys, uh, your support and helping them get out there more. Oh, absolutely. And hey, any one of your clients are are more than welcome to be interviewed on here for sure. Sounds great. I will. I'll pass the word along. Sweet. All right. (laughs) So again, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph, Instagram and Facebook at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour.
This is Truckee B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you are listening to the Four Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks 